Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. And this is another very special bonus episode about Nano. Nano, Nano. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so um, we're doing a whole series about National Novel Writing Month, which is in November. And we'll be releasing, I don't know how many we're going to do. We're going to do it till it's not fun anymore, right, Em? Yep. <laughs> is it still fun? Yep. <laughs> I think it's fun. I think I'll figure out if I'm having fun at some point. But we encourage you to follow along, Nana with us. We're going to be posting a bunch of stuff related to this to this mini series or whatever. Wow, it's a mini series. <laughs> Does that mean we need drama in terms of like a poisoning or an unexpected love child or I have assigned that to you. Oh. Enjoy. Okay. Noted. <laughs> and let's get started. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about the rules before we get into your story because I know that you're not supposed to technically start writing until nano begins, right? Correct. There there are ways to and and people do. Not everybody starts when they're supposed to not everybody starts the way that they're supposed to but i mean that's that's the thing is it's it's really a, a challenge or a contents contest against yourself right i mean if you want to do it another way i guess you can i mean there's certainly no one to stop you there's no nano police that are going to show up at your door going uh no uh yeah i am the nano police <laughs> hello that's why i want to talk about rules yes Okay, so maybe you'll show up at people's door, but uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to show up at your door. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> Actually, I'd love you to show up at my door. <laughs> I know, right? That would be great. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't speak to, to rule following for everybody. But for me, sometimes I don't even start on the day, but sometimes I can't. Sometimes I just don't want to. I don't know why I'm anti-starting on the day, but I am. It's like I want to start behind. Anti-authority. <laughs> Maybe that's my little rebellion. No, I'm going to start on the second. You can't tell me what to do. It's my nana. <laughs> <laughs> so sad and weird. The original challenge does have rules, right? <laughs> as far as I know, it's 50,000 words in a month, and you start on the first, and then... Hopefully you finish before 11.59 on the 31st or 30th or whenever, whenever the end of November is. I don't even know. I usually finish before then, so it hasn't been an issue in a while. That's the thing. It's like, it's crazy. Like, who picked (laughs) November to do this? Seriously? (laughs) A sadist. No, a dude. (laughs) No offense, Chris. (laughs) A.K.A. a sadist. Maybe a sadist. I don't know what he's into. (laughs) But yeah, because lots of people, lots of women have things that go on that time of year and trying to also juggle. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to write a novel in a month. Like for me, when I sit down to do a nano, I know I plan out. I will need this many chapters. I'll do a prologue and an epilogue. And each chapter is going to be 2,000 words, whether it wants to be or not, because that helps me gauge, (laughs) you know, it's like laps or whatever. (laughs) 
that you like if I did you will fit in this box yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> I've had things go over and that's fine because I just stop what I'm writing and then go to the next chapter it's fine it's it's a rough draft I mean you're supposed to turn off that little voice that says no no that that comma has to go over there or that doesn't sound right you should rewrite it no don't backspace but it depends it depends on if if hitting 50,000 is that important or if it's establishing good writing patterns or whatnot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out what our rules are and I'm going to post it on our site. So oh, crap. Okay. Anyone who wants to follow along knows what rules we're sort of following. <laughs> and I say sort of because M is like herding cats. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that, that's not a lie. <laughs> I do the best I can with the carrot on the end of the stick, okay? So. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay. So I'm ready to talk about your story because you have been gracious enough to share your outline with me. <laughs> and I am super into it. Oh, yay. I am the most supportive uh, beta reader ever. You are. You're a great beta reader. <laughs> I have enjoyed that. So why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Where to start? You probably would summarize this a lot better than I'm going to. Well, it's a haters to lovers, yes. right? It is a haters to lovers. Don't ask me what the love interest name is yet. I don't know. The main character is Rosie. Working yes. name. Working. Because this can change at any time. Oh, yeah. And they do. And she inherits a property. And we'll go assume that property for a time for the duration that she is supposed to, if she wants to keep it. Of course, she gets there and encounters the love interest, who that that's their name right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know them well enough to name them, I guess. They sort of get along until he realizes who she is and why she's here and what she could potentially do. Which is sell it in bits. And he's attached to this property. Yeah, he is attached to this property. He he has reasons to be involved. And so he doesn't want her to do that, obviously. And so conflict ensues. <laughs> the conflict lasts to the end. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what all that conflict is. Because I need room for dinosaurs. Yes, you're pantsing it. Oh, yeah. It it needs to be flexible enough to allow me to do things like that. I'm not sure how sinister I want things to be. How comedic. I don't know. Can you talk about the setting, please? Please? Please talk about the setting. Oh, well, it's sci-fi romance, because... Yes! Because <laughs> basically you like those. That's why I made it that way. I'm so excited. <laughs> It takes place on another planet. There are aliens of some sort yet to be determined. I I, if I don't have to decide something right now, I'm not going to decide it. I'm going to let Nano decide for me. So, so one of the interesting things about this outline, and are we sharing this outline, Em? I would like to share some of it. I don't know how much. Probably not everything. The parts, the parts of the outline M Danes to share with us lowly oh, peons will be on the website. 
But the interesting thing about this outline that has made me super excited is so, okay, so M has, you know, her acts plotted out. She has her summaries plotted out. But then you scroll down and there's like this whole list of like, this is what the planet is called. And these are what all the different characters' names could possibly be. And these are the occupations they can have. And these are the laws that this culture uses to determine property ownership and (laughs) well it's relevant to the story i'm not like i i only create what i need i i know (laughs) i know but this is the thing that is so interesting to me is the world building there's all this background world building notes that are in this outline that just makes it like for me as a as a beta reader i'm going oh where is this gonna show up Maybe none of it will show up. Who knows? I know, and it hurts. (laughs) But the thing is, is I think a lot of writers do this sort of thing where they do a lot of world building behind the scenes, which informs the choices they make when they write. Yeah. I let, I try to let the characters dictate where the story will go. And then if I have to make something for them, I make it. Like, for example, like the laws. Um, Of course, there's laws relating to property because Rosie inherited stuff. So I have to know how that works, at least in broad strokes. But no one so far that I know of has committed a crime. So I don't have any criminal laws created (laughs) because it hasn't happened yet. But if it does, then yeah, I will sit there and think it out. Okay, so you said you said you'll create it if it's relevant. But I know... Um, based on past conversations that sometimes you'll create something and then you'll decide you're not going to use it or put it in that story, but it was relevant or maybe still is relevant because it's now informed the story in some way, even though it's not actively a part of it. Right. And some, it it depends on, on what's written and then what I need to take from that to put in the story. So for example, You have, under social norms, rules, you have a bunch of, like, governing bodies, and some of these people you've named, and you've given them characteristics. Oh, yeah. Why? In case they become relevant. The the most frustrating thing, like, in a nano, it's not so much a big deal if if I'm not writing in a nano because there isn't the time constraint, but it's sort of like, okay, well, I need someone in this position of government because Rosie works in the government. So maybe maybe that's her boss. So some of the names that are there, like a potential boss, um, a potential adversary, I don't want to have to come up with it <laughs> later. But I'm not going to fill out every seat before because that, that level of detail may not be needed. But I want just a few there in case. I, I may not even keep them in there. Like, the list of names that I have under the characters, it's, a like, one of those guy names. He's probably the love interest, but I don't know which one he is. He'll tell you. It's just a process of just looking over the list and just going, anybody speaking to me? (laughs) You know, and, and then just grabbing one. And, I mean, they do have, like, websites that will generate names. The problem with that, sometimes for me is like when nano is happening i will sit there and just click and just go no i don't like that one no i don't like those no i don't like those 
But if I have like a short list, it's like, no, no, just pick one of these. Who sounds like the character that you need? Who sounds like a shopkeep? Who sounds... Grab one. So it's kind of like a prep work type of thing. Yeah. I can't imagine I would need more than that right now. And all the other seats, because there's just so many people, I'm not going to think all of their names up. That would be a level of crazy that I'm not at. <laughs> I just, I, I don't <laughs> need to spend the time doing that. I would rather spend the time flushing out what I think I will need to make Rosie's world real. So I know we've talked about this before, um, just between us, about how you get to know your characters. And I know part of that for you has to do with like names, like a character feels like this kind of name or doesn't feel like that kind of name, or they used to feel like this person, but now they're (laughs) this other person. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about how you get to know who your characters are? I need to find out what's important to them. I need to find out what they want. So it's like, okay, if I were to take Rosie and put her in, you know, a certain scenario, what what's, what's she going to fight for? It's along the lines of every character should want something, even if it's a glass of water. It's sort of like, okay, well, let's let's take that scenario. Like, how thirsty does she have to be before she gets up? And what happens when she wants that glass of water? but something is standing in her way. As I'm writing the outline, I'm kind of visualizing the things in the outline. So she has to go from where the Capitol is to where this property is, because she works at the Capitol. How does she travel? What is her income level? You know, and, and I selected, you know, the sort of middle, middle of the road level for her to travel, but that's something that she is splurging for. So she can travel at that level, but really, you know, financially, she's below that. So that will give me an indication of, okay, well, how would her clothes look then? So if I know roughly in my head how much she makes, if she shows up in finery, why? How? (laughs) Because that's not her budget. Things like that. I've heard um, writers talk about like their characters having minds of their own. Do you feel like your characters have minds of their own? Some of them do. Some of them don't. Do they grow into it? Like if you're with them long enough? I prefer my main character to my main characters. Then I feel like they're more of a fleshed out character. They're multidimensional, hopefully, but not crazy. So I think, I, I think a lot of writers do this, or at least they go through this phase of doing this where it's like, They want to know everything about their main character, their favorite color, what they had for breakfast. They they have to know every little detail. I did that. I tried that. That drove me insane. (laughs) I found out that, no, no, I'm creating way too much information that I don't actually need for anything. (laughs) I'd much rather get a sense of who they are, and then I can figure out what they would select. So... Building off of that idea of of getting a sense, um, is that the same way that you develop a sense of place? Yeah. Like this this place that she's going to, this property that she's going to walk into, you know, they'll already have their ideas of who she is. So why do they have those ideas? (laughs) You know, is it because they're prone to 
believe in gossip? Is it because they've had experience with people of her background before? Yeah, it's it's sort of logic tree-ish. Branching out the logic tree. and But not too far. Because <laughs> you don't want to create stuff you don't need. Because <laughs> you can. You can just keep going and just build out all... I've done that too, where you build out things that you're just like, I don't need half of this. Why Why did I take the time to do this? Yeah, well, like that conversation we had, um, was it earlier today where you asked me how many um, alien species you should create yes. or something like that? Like, <laughs> how many feels real? And so, yeah, I, I know I made a list with more than what you said, but I'm not going to use all of those. It's just, what, what, what am I going to need? I don't know. I, I'm packing for a trip, basically. And, and I have an idea of the kind of places I'm going to go, but I don't really know until I do it. So if you could think of the top three things someone new to doing nano should maybe think about from your experience, what would they be? I think the first nano I did, I don't know if I necessarily went about it the right way. Because the very first nano I did, I just signed up, did it, and... And left. I didn't participate in the community at all, which can be beneficial for a first time Rymo. <laughs> There's forums and stuff that can really help. So if you're stuck, there will be people you can do like word sprints with. So a word sprint is it, it, the the duration can vary. And so you and someone else will be like, okay, we're going to write as many words as we can for five minutes. And then you post how many words you write. And so that can be a nice competitive aspect to kind of help you get, get words on the page. If you know what kind of music you, you need to create words, I would have that at the ready. Or, or silence. For some, it's silence. I would plan when you intend to write. And if you can, <laughs> have a document on your phone because you will be waiting in line doing nothing and that that is time you can write again this is under the impression that you really want to hit that 50k that that's that's the yeah the main and biggest objective it would be a little too late to do this now but maybe for the next nano you could do this which is and i know it's going to sound silly but sign up for a keyboarding class We've looked at keyboards for so long, we take them for granted. But keyboards are not designed for efficiency in typing. <laughs> no, they're, they're not. They're actually designed to slow uh, typing down because of how typewriters were originally built. Yeah. So, and, and depending on which one you have, they may not even be terribly ergonomic. <laughs> I mean, yes, there's all these kinds of prep work things you can do. Like, like right before Nano, I clip my nails because... You know, it makes, it makes my typing faster. That's about the only ritual I do anymore. I used to, like, paint my nails and, like, go through a thing. Um, I know Chris Batty wears headgear. I tried that, which I kind of still do that because I'll have big, big headphones that I wear. It's, it's like a security thing. It's almost like a security blanket. Even when it's quiet, I'll have those on because it just, it feels right. As far as I know, the point of nano is to like get you over that self-editing point in writing and just get to the the flow part of writing, correct? Yeah, speed speed will help with that. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds like there there needs to be a definite time and place and possibly some sense of ritual. Like this is my nano shirt or yeah. <laughs> this is my nano chair <laughs> to help set the mood, right? Yeah. Yeah, and if I mean it wouldn't be a bad idea to read Chris Batty's book um cuz he makes these kinds of suggestions like close the door. <laughs> like let people know you are not accessible for X time during November or if you do the camps during then too. Yeah, that can be hard too because we're in that that space now in our world where we're accessible all the time. That's an important reminder. I know there's programs that can help with this that will make the internet inaccessible. Sometimes oh, yeah. that's helpful too. Because it's I'm just going <laughs> to look this thing up just real quick. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, no, crap. The social media of doom. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and practice will fill out the rest of it. But I would say for the short term, it's have a little ritual that you do every single time to let you know this is what you're doing. And it may not trigger a muse or whatever you want to call it. But I think over time it probably will. But yeah, keyboard in class and then... For me, really loud music. Those things have helped me immensely. And I also do this thing when I write, or what I like to do in Nano is close my eyes and just type. So the story happens around me and I am just typing as fast as I can. But I don't need to open my eyes in theory because I know where the keys are. However, I do because I have accidentally bumped the mouse and then no words were showing up for a really long time. And then I went, oh, crap. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, that was disappointing. (laughs) And then they're gone. Yeah, that sucked. (laughs) But it's great. I mean, I I love that. That's an amazing and fun and silly thing to do. It makes the story very visceral and tactile. Okay, so thank you for joining us on our nano journey. Nano journey? (laughs) Our nerny. <laughs> Our nanerny. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just getting worse, but I love it too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us on our journey. <laughs> I've been your jungle cruise pilot. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. The backside um, of water. <laughs> Remember to follow along at our website, romancepodcast.com. And don't forget that you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. We're everywhere now. Ah. (laughs) Until next time, have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.